Radio. What it means to know and love God. A talk by Mark Nemo at the Immaculata Mission School 2017, held at the Launceston Church Grammar School in Tasmania. I say Happy New Year to you. I don't think I said that yesterday. I felt convicted about Happy New Year. Okay, it's good to see you all again today. Yes. Is everybody okay? Are you enjoying your time here? Oh, there's no place I'd rather be. <laughs> there's no place I'd rather be. What a joy. What a joy. And thank you. Thank you, Archbishop, also for your presence here. Let's honor the Archbishop just with a clap offering. What a joy. Yes, it's a real joy to have the Archbishop here. Just a couple of things. Uh, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without gifts, isn't it? Where, where are those people who, who raised their hands that they didn't bring a Bible? I made a promise to you. Yeah, keep the hands up. Okay, sister, can you help me? Give, give each one of them the Gospel of John, okay? Yeah, just go, go give them. Come on, help, help, help. Praise God. Wouldn't you say thank you? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. Help, help out, you know. That's the Gospel of John. I want to recommend a couple of other books, you know, that have been helpful to me. I hope you read. Do you read? It's very, very important. Okay, the first one I want to recommend is, is, is written by an Australian. <laughs> okay, but he lives in the United States. His name is Matthew Kelly. Hmm? Rediscovering Catholicism. Okay, that's one of them. And then this one that I recently got, Resisting Happiness. You know, most of us, we, we want to be happy, but we resist the things that will make us happy. Are you understanding me? So write his name, Matthew Kelly. Have I pronounced it well? Okay, thank you very much. So Matthew Kelly. Uh, rediscovering Catholicism and what? Resisting Happiness. Okay. That's, that's very important. I have, I have rediscovering Catholicism here as well. Okay? You can take a look at them. Then, then this guy, I, I mentioned his name, Ronald Rollheiser. He's a priest. He's an oblate of Mary Immaculate. Uh, there's a book he has. It's called The Holy Longing. Okay? The Holy what? Longing. The Holy Longing. It's very, very, very powerful. You know? He, he, he gave... He gave us that quote that I gave you that, you know, about the idea that we, we are not peaceful people who occasionally experience restlessness. Rather, we are restless people who occasionally experience peace, right? You find that in the holy longing. Hmm? And basically what he's speaking about, he says, he, says, he says, you know, all of us are passionate people. Isn't that, isn't that true? I mean, look at, look at mother. Don't you think mother has passion? Yes. Yeah. Without passion, I tell you, we, we can't have people inventing. We can't have excellent sportsmen. You, have, you, have you heard about Ma Michael Jordan? I live in Chicago, so you know, Chicago Bulls, you know. Number 23, man, all these people, you know, they are passionate people. Do I look like somebody who has passion? Yeah. Thank you, baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, do you know where we get that passion from? From God. The God we serve is a passionate God. He loves with what? Say it again. 
Passion. Sometimes we think the word passion is like, mm, I'm not sure whether I want this passion. No. If God created us and God is a passionate God, we share in God's DNA. Yeah? Do you know, the problem is not with passion. The problem is with disordered passion. Hello. Don't get me started. The problem is with disordered passion. Look at Michael Jackson. Look at, look at Prince. Look at all these musicians. Passionate. But the trouble is often their passion is disordered. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So you need passion. Otherwise, get up and go home. Yeah. And the fire of the spirit is what gives us passion. Am I preaching to somebody? So don't be afraid of passion at all. Right? I had passion. But look at, look at, look at. Because my passion was disordered and misdirected. Look at, look at the things I was spending my passion on. Hmm? Did you see the guy tied up like me? Yeah. So this is the key. So, so that's, that's Ronald Roheiser. And then he has this book that follows the holy longing. It's called Sacred Fire. Man, I like things about fire. 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 Sacred fire. Yeah. A vision for a deeper human and Christian maturity. This is what this mission school is building us to become. Mature Christians, disciples of Jesus, missionaries. That's what it's about. Then you can change the world or God can change the world through you, if I may put it that way. So this is very, very important. Hmm? Okay. Uh, there's, there's another book that it's not written by a Catholic, but it's written by a pastor, Rick Warren. Have you heard about Rick Warren? Okay. Purpose-driven life, huh? Have you heard about purpose-driven life? Very good. It became a bestseller, New York, you know, bestseller, whatever, you know, they call that thing, yeah? And Rick Warren, I mean, he loves Mother Teresa. I heard him speak. I, I was blown away. He was quoting the church fathers. Yeah. Yeah. Saddleback, what? Saddleback Church or something. That's the name of his church. But Rick Warren, I mean, great, great pastor. And, and basically, those books speak about the idea about, you know, the meaning of life. He says we don't ask the right questions. Hmm? So that's very, very important. Yeah. Are you understanding me? Is my accent okay? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Because I was getting a little bit worried that I don't speak with an Australian accent. Okay. Is this working? Okay, good. Did you, did you hear the story of the priest who, who, who was about to begin Mass, right? And uh, he, he tapped the microphone and it wasn't on. So he started and he said, oh, there's something wrong with the microphone. When he said there's something wrong with the microphone, the sound guy turned it on. Okay, so the congregation heard there's something wrong with the microphone and everybody responded and also with you. You remember? <laughs> you know, we used to say, and also with you. Yeah. And so, 
People switch off in church. They don't listen very carefully. Father was just trying to say, there's something wrong with the microphone. And everybody said, and also with you. Okay. When you're about to preach the gospel, you know, I learned this on the island of Malta. By the way, that's where I, I received discipleship training. And uh, one of my mentors, Nicole Baldacchino, uh, the Maltese are always, uh, you know, awesome people. So Nicole, he told us, he says, wherever you go to preach, make sure the people start to laugh. And when they open their mouth, you push in the gospel. And then they, <laughs> then they swallow it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now you have your mouth open. So I'm pushing the gospel. And then after that, you go for lunch. <clears throat> and you eat. <laughs> Hallelujah. The prophets actually spoke about that. The prophets spoke about that. That we should chew the word of God. Hmm? And it will be sweet in our mouth. Okay? When we chew it and we swallow it, then it becomes bitter within us. Then we, we spill it out. Powerful images, huh? Okay, so the meaning of life. Let's get on with it. Praise God. Because your mouths are open. I hope I'll be able to accomplish whatever. I leave it to you, Lord. Okay. So yesterday, you, you all remember, you know, where it all went. Huh? The whole idea that, you know, if, if we want to find meaning in life, we got to go to the author of life. Simple. And who is the author of life? God. God. Okay. So, so the great saints, like I, I told you, they, they, they show us something about the meaning of life. Because each one of them discovered at a point in their lives the purpose for their existence. You understand what I'm saying? And when, when they discovered this with singleness of heart, they followed that. It's called holiness. All right? And, and that's the first thing. So to discover this singleness of purpose. That's the first thing. The next thing is, if you discover it, then you got to take some action, like the Archbishop was preaching about. Okay? You, you change your habits, you adjust your life so that you can what? Follow that with passion. Okay? And then what? Then you become a saint. Does that make sense? Isn't that simple? Oh, but it's so profound. Sometimes the simplest truths are the most difficult to grasp because they are so simple so that's what the saints teach us very very important and the catechism of the catholic church oh i love it what does it say hmm? the reason why god created us is to know him love him and serve him so that we will be happy one plus one two plus two that's simple hmm very good. Amen. So, 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 so in this sharing, basically what I want to do is to help you to discover what it means to know God. Okay? What does it mean to know God? I've spoken a lot. The meaning of life is to know God. And not only know God, but to what? Love God. So turn to your neighbor and say, know God. And love God. And serve God. So you'll be happy. Okay? Now, so, so this, this, this morning or this afternoon, basically what I'm going to try to do is to, is to just focus on the first one, to know God, and then the second one, to love God. Right? Now, we will know God only to the extent that we have allowed God to know us. 
Did you, did you hear me? You will know God only to the extent that you have allowed God to what? To know you. Okay? And, 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 and how do we get to know God? Uh, John chapter 17 verse 3 is a very, very beautiful script. Oh, my brother. Have you put the Bible away? Pick it up. <laughs> yeah. The, your Bibles are not supposed to be hiding in your bags. I just gave you the gospel of John. John chapter 17, open to it, verse 3. Yeah, open to it. I think as Catholics, <laughs> I'm glad your grace is here so I can, <laughs> yeah. Me, me, we don't open the Bible. So our Protestant brothers and sisters, Pentecost, they come, they say, you, you don't know your Bible. But you have the Bible. If even you are starting now to open from Genesis, it's okay. Because we are in a mission school. That's okay. But John 17, 3. Who can read it for us? Sister, you got it? Very good. Stand, please, sister. Sister Mary Manuela. John 17, 3. And this is eternal life. Did you hear that? We're talking about the meaning of life. It says, this is what? Eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Did you hear that? Thank you very much, sister. So, this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only one true God, and who? And who? Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Alright? This is very, very, very important. Because we're speaking about life. How do you get to know God? Hmm? How do you get to experience this life? By knowing God and his son Jesus, whom he has sent. Let's flip again to first letter of John, chapter 5. I'm glad the liturgy uh, these days is giving us the, the first letter of John. First letter of John, chapter 5. Okay? Uh, reading from about, let's see, verse, yeah, verse, verse 10. Verse, first letter of John, chapter 5, reading from about verse 10. Somebody's got it? First John. It's towards about, come on, come on, come on, my sister. Verse 10 to about 12. Proclaim it. So those who believe in the Son of God have this testimony in their own heart, but those who do not believe God have made a liar of him because they have not believed what God has said about his Son. The testimony is this. God has given us eternal life, and this life has its source in his Son. Whoever has the Son has this life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Did you hear that? Hmm? Whoever has the Son has what? Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have what? This is amazing. Okay? So, so how do we get to know this God who has revealed God's self in his Son Jesus? And I think this is the whole message of the incarnation that we just celebrated at Christmas. Okay? God who appeared to, to, have, to, to, to have not been known right, who was invisible, now takes on a visible face in Jesus. Did you understand that? So we can now touch this God. We can now see this God, right? And it's very beautiful, you know, because the whole idea is this whole Christian concept of what we call the Trinity. So when we speak about no God, right, we, what, what we want is we want you to come to know this God who has revealed God's self as Trinity. This is a sculpture from my tribe, the Ashanti tribe in Ghana. 
Can, can you separate these? Yeah. My ancestors knew about the Trinity. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. It's one God who has revealed himself as Father, as what? Son, and as what? Holy Spirit. This is the God that we are invited to get to know. He's not hidden in some place. He has made himself known and revealed himself. That's the Trinity. All right? So, so the question is, how can we really know God? There's a whole study called epistemology. I mean, don't get confused. It's a big word. Huh? It's, it's the study of knowledge, how to get to know something, right? And the, the, here, the, the big thing is this. Do you just know about God or you know God? Because the two are different. Before I came here, I'm sure many of you read my bio. True or false? Oh, talk to me. True or false? So you knew about me. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And I came here. Many of you saw this black dude walking around like, who is this guy? You know, who is this guy? You know. But when I stood here and I spoke and I shared with you something about my life, you did not only have facts about me, but you're getting to know me. Am I communicating? You see, the trouble with many of us is we know about God. But we have not what? Known God. Am I communicating? Because our, all of our educational system, right? right? If you know something, it means you have accumulated enough information. So there are a lot of people. I told you I went to grad school, right? For theology, for my masters and my daughter. There are people who, who know about God. Who have studied about God. They really don't know God. You should hear some crazy things that some theologians speak about. Some of them don't even believe in the virgin birth. But they're called theologians. Hello? What kind of Christian theology is that? You understand what I'm saying? So it's not enough just to know about God. But we got to know God. It's not about facts about God. The key to this revelation is relationship. Are you with me? So we are invited to have a relationship with the Father. What does it mean? Because the Father will give us our true identity. You understand me? Who you are and whose you are. Bottom line, we are children of God. Because a father begets children. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That's the practical way of understanding the Trinity. Who you are and whose you are. Identity. Do you understand that, you know, we have an identity crisis? Many people have an identity crisis. Huh? Huh? This is, we don't even know how many genders exist in this world. Hello. Hello. Don't get me started. Hmm? There's a guy in my parish... I'm not bashing anybody here. Hello. This guy, you know, he puts on a wig. He does makeup. Is it a he, a he or a she? <laughs> I don't even know. But, you know, but he, he claims he's transgender. You are quiet. Huh? 
He comes to mass every morning. He goes to confession more than some of us. That's why I understand Pope Francis. Who am I to judge? He comes to our young adult youth group. When I heard his story, I nearly wept. This guy has never known a parent. Because he was abandoned as a baby at a fire station. His parents just dropped him there. And then he was adopted by two women. You're understanding the whole thing? So he's grown up. He's never known any male figure in his life. Poor soul. So he thinks he's a, he's a lady. Nobody can convince him. But he's seeking after God. Are you understanding me? Friends, we are more than simply our sexual orientation. Hello. Am I preaching to somebody? I don't come to you and introduce myself. Hello, I'm Mark Nemo. I'm, 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 I'm straight. I'm heterosexual. I don't do that. Yeah. My name is Mark Nemo. I'm a child of God. That's what our baptism gives us. Our true identity is to be children of God. We are not identified so much. I don't come to you and, you know, shake hands with you. And, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gay. What, what, what's that about? You are more than simply your sexual orientation. But the father is the one who gives us that identity. And the son, Jesus Christ, you know what he does? He, uh, what, what Jesus does? Jesus is the face of freedom. Because he forgives us all of our sins. And then the Holy Spirit, when we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, that's the passion of God. Did you hear me talk about passion? Fire. That's passion. That's passion. And so this relationship is key to this revelation so that we can experience God for who God is, to know God. Do you know in Luke chapter 1 verse 34, the story of the Annunciation, right? When the angel went to Mary and said, Hail, O highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Hmm? God, God has found favor with you and you shall conceive. In certain versions of the Bible, it says, Mary said, how can this be since I do not know man? Did you hear that? Yeah. Since I do not know man. Now, in the Bible, when you hear the word know, okay, it, it expresses this, this intimacy almost to the extent of like sexual relations. That's what Mary expressed. Because I'm a virgin. I've not had any relations with a man. I do not know man. And so when we say we want to know God, we want to know God intimately. In our heart, in our mind, in our sexuality. This is intimate relationship. You remember what I told you yesterday about the whole idea about, you know, adoration, mouth to mouth, that we get intimate with God. And it calls for a surrender of yourself. You have to allow yourself to be loved. That's all that it means. Okay? I surrendered my heart to my wife. She surrendered her heart, what? To me. The fruit of our union, talk about it. Have you seen the, my babies, the girls? Are you getting what I'm saying? Aha! Uh -huh. 
It's the same thing. Our blessed mother surrendered herself and what? The word took seed. That's the meaning of the word seed. So God's word has to take seed in us. So we become pregnant. Pregnant or pregnant. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So we can bear the fruit of the life of God in the world. Does it make sense? This is what it means to know God. To encounter God. Pope Benedict, I love him, you know. He says something, very, he says Christianity is not an idea or a philosophy. He says it's rather an encounter. Say encounter. An encounter with an event. An encounter with a person which gives life a decisive direction and opens up new horizons. Did you hear that? Yes. So the question is, have you encountered this God? Because it's only in encountering him that you get to know him. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Otherwise, you're following some idea or some philosophy. But this is what it means. It's an encounter with a person that gives life a decisive direction and opens up new horizons. Hmm? (laughs) So what am I saying? To know God, number one, we need to surrender to the love of God. We need to allow ourselves to be loved by God. Amen? (laughs) I normally show this to to the kids I teach. Okay, I teach three-year-olds. Did I tell you that? Oh, I teach from preschool to eighth grade. Every week, I have over, over almost 200 students coming to. Can you imagine a three-year-old and I look at them, I said, you see this? What does this stand for? They say it's a heart. It means love. I say, God, God loves you. <laughs> oh, the kids love it, man. <laughs> they look at me like, really? I say, yes. This is the basic message. God loves you. Isn't that an awesome thought? And not only that, but he has a plan for you. You're created out of love for love. So you surrender to this love. It has to be something external that what? That captures you. That drives you into an adventure. You can only be loved by something outside of you. So Christianity is not so much an, you know, illumination. It's like you, 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 you go inside yourself and you find God. No, 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 no. That's a different religion. The Trinity comes from outside. It's an event. That what captures you. And it makes all the experiences you have, what? fall into something else because that you've been you've been captured do i look like somebody who has been captured yes Yes. and then you get on an adventure so the first thing is to surrender to this love of god second thing is to trust in jesus to forgive you of your sin receive it and then to open yourself up to the holy spirit the passion of god That's the Trinity. Somebody say Trinity. So basically, that's what it means to know God. To know God. 
to allow yourself to be known by God. And I like to really challenge you to read Psalm 139, right? Psalm 139. Hmm? Lord, you have known me. Hmm? You have probed me and you know me. You know when I sit. You know when I stand. Eh? Where can I go to hide from your presence? God knows you. He knew you when you were being formed in your mother's womb. Isn't that beautiful? Knit together. This is our God. This is our God. All right? Good. Let me touch on, on, on what it means to love God, right? To love God basically, and then we'll watch a little video here, skit, and then we'll go for lunch. Is that okay? Is that okay? Say yes, brother Mark. Okay. So, so to love God, Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 to 40. One of the, the scribes goes to Jesus and says, which is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, hmm, you shall what? Love the Lord your what? God with your whole heart, with your soul, and with your what? Mind. And he says, then you shall love your neighbor as what? In fact, what Jesus was quoting was Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. It's called Shema Israel. Hmm? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love him with your whole what? Heart, with your mind, and with your soul. Shema Israel, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hmm? The great commandment. So this is what love consists in. Not that we have loved God, but that God has what? First loved us and sent his son to what? Hmm? As an expiation for our sins. First letter of John chapter 4, verse 7 to 12. First John 4, 7 to 12. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he has first what? Loved us and sent his son. So we want to love God with all of our heart, right? Are you with me? Oh, the heart. Hmm? It was believed in ancient times that the heart was the center of the human body. Hmm? So that's where we get the whole idea of what's the heart of the matter. Hmm? But now you and I know the brain, hmm? the brain controls a lot of things. Our breathing, right? Our motions. I'm standing here like an Italian, throwing my hands. Yeah, the brain, the brain controls a lot. It's not so much my heart that's controlling these motions, right? So, 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 but the heart, the heart has something to do because it's the place where decisions are made, where choices are made. How we live, how we act has a lot to do with this heart. And so in biblical times, the prophets will say, hey, you know what? You people honor God only with your lips, but your what? Your heart is far away. So Ezekiel will say, huh? come to the Lord. And he will take out of you your heart of stone and give you a heart of what? Flesh. Ezekiel 36, verse 26 to 20, 27. Hmm? Because the heart of stone is hard. It's not easy to penetrate. But the heart of flesh is soft, malleable. Okay? It responds to God. So this is what we want to do. We want, we want our hearts to be soft enough so God can penetrate. Hmm? Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my what? Commandments. And I will love you. And together, we will, my, the Father and I will come and we will make our dwelling with you. John chapter 14 verse 23. So the way we know we love God is by keeping his what? Commandments. 
By keeping his commandments. Huh? How can I tell my children always, hmm? Daddy, Daddy, I love you. I say, you love me and you don't do what I tell you to do. Don't tell me you love me. Yeah? You want me to do what you want. Oh, Daddy, can I go for that party? Oh, Daddy, can I go for that party? Yeah, you want me to drive you. But when I tell you to clean up your room, you don't, do you love me? <laughs> yeah, God is like a parent. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Hmm? So it's very, very important. And to love God with our whole mind. With our whole mind. It's a, it's a writer who says, we all have stinking thinking. Do you know stinking thinking? Yeah. Stinking thinking. That's why Jesus says we need to what? Repent. Metanoia, the Greek word, nous, is the mind. Meta. To have a change in the way you think that leads to a change in your actions and your what? Your attitudes. Metanoia. Say that word, metanoia. Metanoia. We all need ongoing conversion. Repent, Jesus said, Mark chapter 1 verse 15. For the kingdom of God is close at hand. And Paul tells us in Romans 12, 1 to 2. What does he say? He says, do not be conformed to the standards of this world. Instead, be what? Transformed by the renewal of your, of your mind. So we all need ongoing conversion. Conversion. I think I'll stop here. Uh, can we have the, the video on? Uh, it, it's a cool video. You're going to watch this. It's, a, it's by uh, these skit guys, right? They're called skit guys. And uh, this one is called God's Chisel. But we often don't want to change. We don't want to be transformed. This guy encounters God. And let's see the encounter and what it produces. Okay? And then we'll say a prayer and we'll go for lunch. I'm so sorry I've had to rush through this. Huh? Uh, but we'll have more time to continue to share. Does that make sense? Yes. Amen? Amen? Okay, are you ready? Okay, let's just remain in that spirit of prayer. You are God's original masterpiece. Uh, God doesn't take time to make junk. And for many of us, our whole struggle to love God, to know God, is simply based on this. We look into the mirror every morning and we think we're junk. We think we've messed up so much. So God will not love us. Folks, I've watched this video several times. Anytime I watch it, I cry because this was me. This was me. But the freedom that Jesus brings, right? Because you know you're forgiven. And the identity that God gives you, you know you're loved. That's what makes the difference. And then you, can, you begin to live. This is the meaning of life. So we'll leave it at this. We'll go for lunch, okay? This afternoon, if you get a chance, spend some quiet time. Just, just pour out your heart on paper. Write to God. Tell him how much you love him. And receive, accept his love for you. Then you can love him in return. Because you can only give what you have. Isn't that, a Bishop will tell you, there's a Latin phrase, nemo dat quote non habit. You cannot give what you don't 
have. So we can only love God because we have received love from him. Are you understanding me? So may the Lord bless us as we go. There's a lot that we can share. But go and have a good lunch, okay? And sit with this message from the Lord. Uh, Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it's now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. That was Mark Nemo with What It Means to Know and Love God. For more from the Immaculata Mission School, visit cradio.org.au.